Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Okunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. What do they say around these parts? If you don't like the weather, stick around. It'll change dramatically. Okay, let me tweak what we're saying there. When you're in a town that has Notre Dame football front and center, if it's kind of boring, you know what? Stick around. Things always get interesting. Things never stay boring for too long. Holy Toledo. Do we have a juicy conversation to have tonight. This is a conversation that will spark so many emotional thoughts of Notre Dame football fans because I'm not sure there has been an individual in years that has different opinions on his ability to coach. So what am I talking about? If you haven't heard, Tommy Reese, according to an ESPN report, the Irish offensive coordinator, is the top target for Nick Saban for the opening at Alabama for offensive coordinator. I mean, holy Toledo. This is a fun storyline from so many different standpoints. If you're on social media and you follow Notre Dame football conversation among fans and media, I think – it is very fair to say that there is a wide-ranging opinions of Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator, play caller, recruiter, and former Irish quarterback. Depending on who you talk to, you probably get a different answer. So for those people that defend Tommy Reese, they're having a glorious day knowing that the GOAT, Nick Saban, reportedly is closing in on Tommy Reese. So that's how we kick off our program tonight. Hi, everyone. Good to talk to you. How are you? Ten minutes after 5 o'clock on this Groundhog Day, Thursday, February the 2nd, 2023. Uh, That Phil guy, 
what didn't see a shadow, six more weeks of winter. Nothing can stop the heat from this story today involving Tommy Reese and Nick Saban. Mm-mm-mm. Also coming up on the program, we'll talk a little NFL mock draft. We've got our Twitter question of the day. We'll talk some ACC basketball bracketology. Notre Dame hockey writer from the South Bend Tribune, John Finneran, will join me to preview tomorrow's Notre Dame-Michigan State Series in East Lansing. He also wrote about an injury to Notre Dame's leading scorer, Ryder Ralston, on Sunday. So we'll get to those storylines coming up in just a little bit. But we begin where we should begin, the rumor mill involving Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. It all started earlier this afternoon. ESPN's Chris Lowe reported that Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese has emerged as the, quote, top target, end quote, for the same job at Alabama. Lowe said Reese has already had discussions with Crimson Tide head coach Nick Saban. And Lowe reported that Reese is expected to be on campus in Tuscaloosa today. I believe I'm not giving incorrect credit here, but I saw Pete Sampson from The Athletic report that Alabama's plane was at South Bend International Airport today. Wow. Now, I know the Washington offensive coordinator visited Saban in Alabama and turned down the job. So if this report is true, which it appears it to be true, Saban has pivoted to Tommy Reese. Now, Tommy, of course, former Irish quarterback. He's 30 years old. He has been Notre Dame's offensive coordinator since 2020. He was a part of the Notre Dame coaching staff that helped bring in Sam Hartman as a grad transfer from Wake Forest. Also, you have to give him credit for the recruitment of C.J. Carr. You also have to give him credit for failure earlier in his tenure recruiting quarterbacks at Notre Dame. But it looks like that's all changed with Hartman and Carr in the fold. That is one heck of a job done by the Irish offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Now you think about Tommy Reese's time as offensive coordinator. Truly, there have been many ups and downs. Statistically, his first season, you could argue, was his best season. Notre Dame was 26th nationally in total offense in 2020 at 448 yards per game. 2021, they dropped to 45th. 426 yards per game. And then this season, with Drew Pine at quarterback, a quarterback that he brought into the program, 60th in the country in total offense at just 396 yards per game. Tommy had a great run as quarterback at Notre Dame, a player that was never meant to be on the field, quite honestly, but due to things happening in college football, Reese became a very important quarterback here in South Bend. The year they went to the title game against, oddly enough, Alabama. Reese saved the day in week two, the week after the trip to Dublin. 
They needed a two-minute drive to get into field goal range to beat Purdue at Notre Dame Stadium, and Everett Golson was pulled for Tommy Reese because he was more prepared to run the two-minute drill, and he got the job done for the Fighting Irish. He got into coaching, spent some time with Northwestern, with the San Diego Chargers, came back to Notre Dame in 2017 as quarterback coach and became offensive coordinator in 2020. Now, I mentioned Alabama was looking at Washington's offensive coordinator who did a great job with Michael Penix, who put up 4,600 passing yards this year for the Huskies, but he turned down Nick Saban. The job is open after Bill O'Brien left Alabama, left in quotation marks, to become the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots in the National Football League. Two seasons for O'Brien with Alabama. And the Crimson Tide fan base had their up-and-down moments in regard to O'Brien, the way many Notre Dame fans have had that up-and-down relationship with Tommy Reese. Now, O'Brien wasn't fired, but it looks like one of those situations, if you can get another job, eh, maybe go ahead and take it. And he did. O'Brien had seven years as a head coach with the Houston Texans. He was in charge of the roster and made some moves that really put him in a tough spot. So O'Brien's gone, and that Alabama offensive coordinator position is available. And I think there's no argument that being on Nick Saban's staff is one of the great opportunities right now in college football. He has taken in a lot of coaches that need to readjust their brand, made them cool again like Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin, and now they're head coaches once again. For Tommy Reese, he has not been a head coach. He has been an offensive coordinator for Notre Dame since 2020. Now, we don't know what Tommy Reese is thinking. He took the opportunity to at least talk to Nick Saban. Some coaches would say if you're going to apply for a lateral job, then you're probably not wanted here anymore. Now, I don't know what Marcus Freeman's policy is on a situation like this where Tommy would make a lateral move. He's not moving up theoretically in the coaching world. The only place you can go from offensive coordinator is head coach. This would be a lateral move from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. So I would assume Marcus is more lenient than many other coaches would be in this spot. I think Brian Kelly, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that his policy? Whether it was on the record, off the record, whatever the case may be. So I think that's kind of fascinating in itself. Brian Kelly tried to bring Tommy Reese with him to LSU after he departed. Tommy stayed put, saying that he wanted to win a national championship at his alma mater. So when Kelly took the head coaching job in November 2021, it sounds like Reese listened but didn't take the job. He stayed put. And now here we are a year later, and Nick Saban, according to these reports, is now locked in on Tommy Reese. Now, being the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame is a fantastic job. 
there are very few coordinator jobs better right now in college football. But Alabama is one of those spots that when Nick calls, you at least have to listen. Now let's look at it from a different perspective for a moment. And I want to get to Sam Hartman here in a second. But let's take a look at this situation from Tommy Reese's standpoint. Let's sit in his shoes for a moment. I'll start by saying this. I don't know what his aspirations are. Does he want to be a head coach at the collegiate level? Does he want to be an offensive coordinator? Head coach in the National Football League? Maybe it's all the above. Maybe he prefers one over the other. I don't know. I have no idea. But this is an opportunity to learn from Nick Saban, which is a great opportunity. But also, I think for Tommy, this is an interesting situation. As I started off the show, when you mention Tommy Reese's name to Irish fans, you're going to get a lot of emotional comments. Some love him. Some feel like he gets a raw deal because of all the criticism. Some people call him turnover Tommy. Some people don't feel like he calls a good game. You get all sorts of answers. And Tommy hears it. In fact, Tommy responded to the Twitter mob after the game against South Carolina. He made a sarcastic comment in a tweet basically saying to all the Twitter coaches out there, yeah, I know, run the damn ball. I have a feeling Marcus Freeman does not want any of his coaches talking to the fans through Twitter. That's probably not high on the list of things he wants to see done. So it was a very awkward moment. It was kind of one of those, ooh, hit the delete button. But he put it out there. So Tommy knows there's a lot of criticism. He hears it. How can you not hear it? So from Tommy's standpoint, if Nick Saban calls me and I'm Tommy Reese, am I going to go visit? Heck yes, I am. Even if I don't want the job. If I want the job, of course I'm taking the visit. If I don't want the job, I still go for so many reasons. Number one, it looks good on a resume that Nick Saban was interested in you and brought you in to talk about the offensive coordinator position. If you ever get into a situation, you're battling for a raise, that's a pretty good feather in the cap. But also, Tommy can inadvertently say to all those critics, well, look at me. Nick Saban's talking to me about offensive coordinator, so maybe I'm not as bad as you think I am. But also, if he's interested, great. If he's curious, great. You should have the opportunity, if you are allowed by your head coach, to check out the position. If you're not interested and Marcus brings you back in, awesome. If you're interested, hey, good luck at Alabama. And all I'll say is this. My fiance is an Alabama fan, and I've watched every Alabama game the last three years very, very closely. And Nick still has quite a bite 
with his words. And so there's a chance we could go from the gifs of Tommy Reese screaming at Drew Pine on a split screen on television to Nick Saban returning the favor to Tommy up in the booth during a broadcast. It almost go back to the days of Brian Kelly being purple in the face yelling at Tommy. It would be an interesting dynamic. I guess I can't picture Marcus Freeman getting extremely heated at a coach like we saw BK or Nick Saban do. I think that would surprise a lot of us. Seems to be more even keeled, stays in the moment. Now, is he going to kick somebody in the tail? Absolutely, but he's not going to make a scene in doing so, and I have a lot of respect for him. There's many ways to coach a team. If you yell, scream, if you have to do that, great. I said that when Brian Kelly was here. If he needs to get purple in the face to be a better coach and help his team win, do it. I don't care. If Marcus wants to be the type of coach that is going to be in the moment, handle his business in a firm way but not a dramatic way, awesome. Love it. A coach has to be himself, and that should bring out the best in his football teams. So that would be an interesting dynamic. Going from Marcus to Saban would be a little different. It would be at times like having BK in your ear probably. So it's a fascinating dynamic. Sports Beat at 523. Darren Pritchett with you talking about the report from ESPN's Chris Lowe. The Tommy Reese has emerged as the top target for the same offensive coordinator job at Alabama. According to Lowe, Reese has already had discussions with Crimson Tide head coach Nick Saban. And according to Lowe, Reese is supposed to be in Tuscaloosa today. I credited Pete Sampson from The Athletic. If he didn't have it first, I apologize to the person who had it first. I thought Pete did, but Pete reported Alabama's plane was at South Bend International Airport. And that's all we know at this point. A lot of speculation, but soap opera-esque speculation. Now, a good friend of mine in the national media texted me a little bit ago and brought up something that really hadn't crossed my desk yet. I was kind of processing other parts of this story. And he asked a question that he did not know the answer to. And in my limited amount of time of researching, I can't give you the 100% correct answer to what I'm going to mention. So I hate to throw out a speculatory question, but it's something that has to be asked and hopefully we'll get an answer soon. And let me back up my screen. I'll get the question here. We were talking about this Reese rumor to Alabama and the question was brought up, does Sam Hartman roll with Reese to Tuscaloosa if Tommy leaves for Alabama? That's a great question. And again, I've not had an opportunity to get a definitive answer. But one thing that was brought up to me that is worth looking into, and all this transfer portal stuff is new, we're not sure if a player who is in the portal can transfer twice in the same offseason. This is a great question that maybe only the NCAA has an answer to at this time. 
here's what we know. Sam Hartman is enrolled at Notre Dame for the spring semester. He's here. The next step, I don't know the answer to yet. I wish I could provide you that answer, but I don't know yet because we're still all kind of new to the transfer portal, and this is a situation I don't recall happening. Someone mentioned the Western Kentucky quarterback last year transferred twice. I thought he put himself in the portal, picked a new school, and then went back to his old school. I don't know if that's apples and oranges to this situation or not. It is something worth thinking about. I would have to imagine, and this is just hypothetical, me guessing this is not definitive, you would have to finish the spring semester at Notre Dame from an eligibility standpoint. I don't know when Alabama's spring semester started. Again, we're putting the buggy ahead of the horse. Tommy Reese hasn't left yet he might come back maybe this is just a courtesy visit and the question is fair about Sam Hartman but I don't know at this point it's a great question he picked Notre Dame because of their pro style offense and in order for Sam to more impress NFL teams he needed to get away from the Wake Forest slow mesh offensive system and go to more of a traditional NFL offense like Tommy Reese runs here at Notre Dame. So Hartman needs the right offense in order to take his level of play and hopefully impress the NFL front offices that he becomes a bigger NFL prospect. He might have been a late-round pick this year, maybe a non-drafted free agent, but I'm sure there's more money being an NIL quarterback than a late NFL draft pick. So he needs a system that's going to help him get better, and, of course, he wants to win wherever he goes as well. And Tommy Reese is providing that here in South Bend. I'll say this. I'm surprised Alabama did not go out and get a grad transfer quarterback. Their backup quarterback was a great runner of the football, but his passing ability was very unpolished. Maybe they see more in him. Maybe there's somebody else on the roster they're really high on. But I was actually kind of surprised Bama didn't bring somebody in of big stature because they've got a pretty awesome program staring them in the face right now across the division from them in the SEC and the Georgia Bulldogs. You better have a great quarterback among other things, to have a chance to take down Goliath right now, the old Georgia Bulldogs. So it's a fascinating storyline. Nothing official as of yet. It would seem like Chris Lowe's report is right on when you couple with the fact that Alabama is playing reportedly, according to Pete Sansom from The Athletic, was here today. Alabama has an opening at offensive coordinator. And possibly Nick Saban has his focus right now on Tommy Reese. I have not read any other reports saying they have brought in anybody else after the Washington coordinator did not take the job. 
Could Reese be the first of several people to fly to Tuscaloosa to talk to Nick? Possibly. Maybe he's the only one. It's a great question. But it is fascinating that a guy that takes a lot of heat from a good portion of the Notre Dame fan base is being talked to by the GOAT of college football coaching right now about his open vacancy on his staff. Not to be sarcastic, but I'm just being honest. The great thing about being the offensive coordinator at Alabama, the quarterbacks kind of come to you. So you better get the right one. Or Uncle Nick may not be overly thrilled. And let's face it, the life expectancy of Alabama coordinators can be very short. Now some take head coaching positions. Kiffin went to Ole Miss. Sarkeesian went to Texas. Bill O'Brien, well, he was apparently not asked to come back, and he found another job real quickly with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So it is an opportunity to take your coaching to the next level. Bigger opportunities come from a lot of these guys that go to Alabama. But you better be good because there aren't many second chances at Alabama. Look at their defensive coordinator, part of their championship teams. He's now the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss as Saban is changing out the staff after two unsuccessful seasons winning the national championship. Isn't that a heck of a standard? You don't win the title after two years or changing everything. <laughs> How many places say that across the country? One. One and only. Okay, so there's your top story of the day, and it is a heck of a story. Again, credit to ESPN's Chris Lowe. He is the one reporting that Alabama head coach Nick Saban, quote-unquote, the top target of Saban for offensive coordinator at Alabama is Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Somewhere Dan Orlovsky is smiling. 28 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. That's just the first segment. More to get to on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish and Super Bowl 57 in about a week and a half. Sports Radio 960 WSBT, we're also streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. We're going to win. Don't want to be a loser. going to win. The man in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Lorenzo Styles on the post route. Gives to Esme. Leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Ball caught. Touchdown. What a catch by Jaden Thomas. Hands off the dig. There he goes. 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, Notre Dame. We're going all the way. We're going to win. Notre Dame football coverage continues now from Sports Radio 960 AM WSPT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Five thirty-eight on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio nine sixty, WSBT. Hope you're having a great Thursday, and we have 
A very interesting topic today with the report from ESPN's Chris Lowe that Alabama head coach Nick Saban is targeting Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese for the same position with the Crimson Tide. Again, Chris Lowe from ESPN got the reporting started earlier today on this subject. In fact, it was about 12.30 this afternoon he put out that report. And now let the drama unfold. Again, Pete Sampson from The Athletic reported that Alabama's plane was at South Bend International Airport. So we shall see if Tommy Reese is interested in leaving his alma mater for Alabama. Now, in the last segment, I talked a little bit about, hey, when the GOAT wants you, it is a great opportunity to listen. And if it's something that you believe will help you in your future career or just something you're interested in, good for you. It's a wonderful visit to have and see what Nick has to say. And sure, if you want to do bigger and better things, being Alabama's offensive coordinator can bring you some of those opportunities possibly sooner rather than later. But let's also say this. There is a lot of prestige in being Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. It is a position that can lead to great opportunities, in my opinion, to become a head coach at the collegiate level if that is one of Tommy Reese's top ambitions, which I have no idea if that's the case or not. Now, being the Notre Dame offensive coordinator, will that lead you to becoming an NFL offensive coordinator? You know, we haven't seen that, so it's hard to speculate. But in my personal opinion, if you want to become an NFL offensive coordinator, going to Alabama would seem to give you a better opportunity. But let's also throw this out there. Tommy Reese, for the first time in a couple of years, will have a quarterback that has the ability to really take control of this offense and make it great. The parts around Sam Hartman would make you believe Sam has a great opportunity to have continued success here. Now, does the offensive line have a couple of holes at the guard position? No question. But you look at the tackle spots, elite Elite, maybe the best combination returning in college football. You have a very reliable and solid center. You've got a running back room that probably five college teams would take, and each one of them would be starters at that different school. Instead, they're all in this unbelievable running back room. Now, the wide receiver position. There's a lot of new faces in that room. We'll see how that pans out. You lose the best tight end in the country, arguably, and Michael Mayer. There's going to be a bit of a drop-off there. But Tommy Reese staying here sets himself up to have a massive season as offensive coordinator running this offense that could be the best Notre Dame has had in some time. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, Tommy's first year in terms of total yardage was his best, 26 in the country at 448 yards per game. This season, 60th at 396.2. But unfortunately, 
you had quarterbacks that were inexperienced and or did not have the ability to get the job done at the level necessary, and the offense struggled. That was not all play calling. Trust me. Tommy did a pretty doggone good job considering who his quarterback was most of the year. And I'm not trying to be mean toward that quarterback, but we're just being honest here. The running game was fantastic under the He-Stan-Reese combination. The pass protection was pretty doggone good. Did Drew Pine have the greatest receivers to work with in terms of consistency? No, but hopefully that's going to get better. My point is, Tommy stays here. He has a chance to make a name for himself without Nick Saban's name next to him. I think it's very similar to the conversation we had last year. I mentioned that I was really intrigued to see Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator in 2022 without the shadow of Brian Kelly over the top of him because it was Brian Kelly's offense being coordinated by Tommy Reese. Now, Tommy Reese's offense, obviously based on Brian Kelly's offense, but he was more on his own, less handcuffs, if that's fair to say. I think it's an assumption that Brian was still a presence on the offensive side of the football. It was cool that Tommy had a chance to be kind of the guy without any possible someone looking over the shoulder. Now, it's still Marcus Freeman in charge of the football team, and he says, run the football. Tommy's got to run it. But I think it was a year to allow Tommy to gain credibility without him running Brian Kelly's offense. Now, here we go again. If he goes to Alabama, is he going to deserve the full credit as coordinator being Nick Saban's coordinator? And Alabama gets number one recruiting classes every year, so he's got the talent, so shouldn't he be good? You go down that road, that's what he would hear probably from a Bama fan perspective or an outside perspective. Here in South Bend, if he comes back, He can try to win that championship with his alma mater, and he can lead this offense, his offense, to bigger heights and will get total credit for it without Nick Saban being that ever-present presence over the top of you. Here in South Bend, it can be Tommy Reese's offense. Alabama, do they have NIL advantages over Notre Dame? Do they have advantages getting undergraduate students to transfer in? Do they have advantages in the transfer portal? I'll let you decide what the answer to those questions are. I have my opinions. And that's something Tommy has to look at. The academic requirements are probably a little different between (laughs) the two schools. And that's not saying anything poorly about Alabama. It's just Notre Dame is the cream of the crop. And it is very difficult in some capacities to recruit everybody you want at this school. I'm sure that's not the case at Alabama. But again, I think there is something to be said about greatness at your alma mater and greatness at this school without an overwhelming head coach over the top of you where you would get full credit for the greatness 
that your offense could have. Now, if it goes in the toilet, it's, well, it's on you whether you're Nick's coordinator or Marcus's <laughs> coordinator. <laughs> There's nobody to save you. So he's got a decision to make. Maybe he's just going down to listen. Maybe he's going down there to show Notre Dame fans, you know what, I'm not too bad if Nick Saban wants to talk to me. Maybe that changes the perspective on Tommy Reese. Now, I know that's not the reason he's going down there, but in a roundabout way, that's kind of what's happening. Well, just a few moments ago, I put up our Twitter question of the day. I'm obviously changing on the fly with this news this afternoon of the reported visit of Reese at Alabama. So I'm kind of going a different direction. So let me go ahead and play the theme music, and then we'll get to our Twitter question of the day. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. First, let me take care of yesterday's Twitter question of the day. Which of these Indianapolis Colts head coaching candidates do you hope gets the job? Eagles offensive coordinator Steve Steichen, Broncos defensive coordinator Ajiro Avero, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, or interim head coach Jeff Saturday. Here's the results. Broncos defensive coordinator Ajiro Avero got zero votes. I'll stand up for him. He's my team's defensive coordinator last year. Great leader, great defensive mind, rising star, but I can understand you don't know a lot about him. He's not been mainstream for some time. Third place in the voting at 17.6%. Former head coach in the NFL, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris got 17.6% of the vote. Second place in the voting, 25% of you said Jeff Saturday, and I would love to know why. The interim head coach got a lot of support, but winning the vote, the guy in charge of an offense who will be playing in Super Bowl 57, Eagles offensive coordinator Steve Steichen got 57.4% of the vote. I saw a report this afternoon that one of the finalists is Wink Martindale, the New York Giants defensive coordinator, also former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. So interesting, the Colts are looking at a defensive coach, knowing you're probably going to take a quarterback in the first round of the draft. So here is today's question that we have altered on the fly here. And the question is this. I'm going to get the exact wording that I put on Twitter. Would you be disappointed if Tommy Reese leaves Notre Dame to become the Alabama offensive coordinator, yes or no? Again, would you be disappointed if Tommy Reese leaves Notre Dame to become the Alabama offensive coordinator? Two choices, simple as that, yes or no. We'd love to get your vote, and again, we'd love for you to reply with a thought on why you answered the question the way that you did. So, you can go to my Twitter account, at 960SportsBeat, and answer today's SportsBeat Twitter question of the day of Tommy Reese. Leaves Notre Dame to become the Alabama offensive coordinator. Would you be disappointed, yes or no? By the way, 
The grad transfers for Notre Dame had previously been scheduled to talk to the media tomorrow, including quarterback Sam Hartman. Guess what happened? It was postponed today. Dun, 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 dun. Always control the message. All right, 550 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We'll take a timeout. We'll reset today's top story. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith, touchdown. Five by rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on 960 AM WSBT is being brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the Family Inn. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Midland Engineering Company beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation granting a better future and Pet Refuge urging you to adopt. Don't shop for new beginnings. Have happy endings. 556 at WSBT following the breaking news tonight. ESPN's Chris Lowe reporting today that Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese has emerged as the, quote, top target, end quote, for the same position at Alabama. On my Twitter account, at 960 Sportsbeat, I just asked a simple question to get your feedback quickly on this news. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that Tommy Reese is visiting Alabama and that Saban might be interested in Reese as his offensive coordinator. Let me just go right down the line. Some of the replies I've received over the last five minutes, again at 960 Sportsbeat. We've got Domer Dom saying, take him. We have Ken saying, and this is a good one, leverage. I mentioned this earlier. There's really not a negative for Tommy Reese in the situation unless your head coach at Notre Dame doesn't believe in interviewing for lateral positions. Then it's different. Otherwise, yeah, leverage, absolutely. Also, in response to the news, Kenneth says, honestly, I've seen enough of Tommy. Karen responded by saying, please no. Another answer from Michael is called Jeff Lebby. Lebby is the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Joseph says, has Nick Saban's deal with the devil expired? Okay, there's some of the early responses to my question on Twitter. Your first reaction 
to the news that Nick Saban might be interested in Tommy Reese. Another one just fired in from Fat Irishman. Saban is drunk, LOL, or very, very desperate because Reese is like the 25th offensive coordinator he has probably talked to. All right, those are some of your responses. A sports update coming up. And I have found an article from an Alabama source that lists the top five candidates to be the new Alabama offensive coordinator. I'll run down that list coming up in a moment. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're gonna win. Don't wanna be a loser, gonna win. The man in the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles on the post route. Gives to Estime. Leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Ball caught. Touchdown. What a catch by Jaden Thomas. Hands off to Diggs. There he goes. 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Notre Dame football coverage continues now from Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Here come the Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Very soon could it be Tuscaloosa Tommy. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, hour number two of the program. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you for joining me on one of our platforms, 960 AM WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the WSBT radio app, also a video feed on the Twitch app. 11 minutes after 6 o'clock, coming up at 6.30, we will shift gears for one segment, talk some Notre Dame hockey with local reporter John Finneran about tomorrow's season, I should say series opener at Michigan State, and his reporting on the injury to Notre Dame's top scorer, Ryder Ralston. But right now, our top story of the day, Chris Lowe, ESPN, put out the tweet at about 12.20 today. He reports that Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese has emerged as the, quote, top target, end quote, for the same job at Alabama. Lowe says Reese has already had discussions with Crimson Tide head coach Nick Saban, and Reese is expected to be on the campus of Alabama in Tuscaloosa today. Pete Sampson from The Athletic on Twitter reported this afternoon about 1 o'clock that Alabama's plane was sitting at South Bend International Airport. We all assumed to take Tommy to Tuscaloosa, where he probably is at the current time. Tommy has been the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame since 2020. He's had four different starting quarterbacks, Ian Book, Jack Cohn, Tyler Buckner, and Drew Pine. His first season as offensive coordinator was his best season in terms of total yards, 448 yards per game. That was 26th nationally. Then in 2021, 45th in the country at 426 yards per game, down 22 yards from the year before. And then in 2022, a 50-yard drop-off from that first year. 396 yards per game, which was 60th, basically middle of the pack in Division I football. Alabama has a coaching vacancy right now on their staff because Bill O'Brien 
quote-unquote left to become the offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots, a place he has worked at before. There seemed to be some frustration at times just based on nonverbal watching of the Alabama sideline, including a game, I think it was against Arkansas. Alabama ran right down the field, and then O'Brien called a pass inside the 10-yard line, and Saban was furious. I think that was the moment where you could see him saying, running the darn ball. It's almost kind of similar to what happened to Notre Dame in the bowl game against South Carolina. Notre Dame ran right down the field, and Reese called the pass play down around the goal line that was intercepted, returned for a touchdown to tie the game. And after the game, Marcus Freeman said we shouldn't have thrown the pass. In fact, the pass play should not have been called. So, Reese obviously is a candidate at Alabama. Is he serious about taking a look at this job? We'll find out. No matter what, it seems like a positive for Tommy. Again, I go back to my point that if Marcus Freeman is okay with a coach on his staff, looking into a lateral move, then Tommy's got nothing to lose by going down to Bama to listen. Now, I looked up a story that was available earlier this morning on a USA Today-based Alabama Crimson Tide website, Roll Tide Wire. And they listed, they being Sam Murphy from this publication, the top five candidates to become the new Alabama Offensive coordinator. Again, this was about 10 o'clock our time this morning. This story was posted. Chris Lowe's post came out at about 1220 today. So this was the list of candidates, according to this website, leading candidates to be Alabama's new offensive coordinator. The first name that popped up was the same mentioned by one of my followers on Twitter to offer his first reaction to Alabama going after Tommy Reese, and the response was simply Jeff Lebby. That was my follower basically saying he's okay with Reese leaving because he's a big fan of Jeff Lebby. Now, Jeff Lebby is becoming more of a household name because the last two years he was with Ole Miss, and then in 2022 – He was with Oklahoma. So he worked with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss for two years and then jumped to Oklahoma after Lincoln Riley left as head coach of Oklahoma to take over the head coaching job at USC. Brent Venables left Clemson as defensive coordinator to become Oklahoma head coach, and he brought Lebby to town, and the Sooner offense really got rolling as the season went on. And this website, Roll Tide Wire, calls Levy a quickly ascending offensive coordinator and one that is a sought-after individual. So there's one name that's linked to the Alabama head coaching job, at least according to this website. I'm sorry, Alabama offensive coordinator job, according to this website. The second name that comes to mind is interesting. In a way, it fits kind of the portfolio of Saban recently. How about Cliff Kingsbury? Kingsbury was a quarterback at Texas Tech, eventually became the head coach at Texas Tech, had Patrick Mahomes there. He was fired by his alma mater. Oddly enough, he then got a head coaching job 
in the National Football League with the Arizona Cardinals a chance to work with Kyler Murray. That relationship, I think from the outside looking in, took a turn for the worse. Kingsbury, after leading to the Cardinals to the best record in the NFL for a portion of 2021, this year was a disaster for the Cardinals, and he was let go. Saban recently has had the ability to bring in coaches who have been let go, and they've been reinvented being under Saban. I mentioned Steve Sarkeesian, offensive coordinator, Alabama, became the head coach at Texas. Lane Kiffin spent a little time under Nick, and they had their little (laughs) interesting conversations that were mostly one-sided on the sideline. And Kiffin now a successful head coach at Ole Miss. Well, Kingsbury would fit that mold. Even Bill O'Brien, a tough ending to his tenure with the Houston Texans. Went to Alabama, didn't get the same push as the other guys, but he's back in a comfortable place, offensive coordinator for New England. Roll Tide Wire, a USA Today publication, another candidate for the Alabama offensive coordinator job is Joe Brady. 2019 was a part of that LSU coaching staff that put together that unbelievable offense with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, an amazing group. Now in the NFL, It didn't work out with the Carolina Panthers, with the Buffalo Bills. Maybe he goes back to college coaching and trying to re-spark what he was a part of at LSU. Another name that popped up, Freddie Kitchens. I was a little surprised by this choice. He was the former Cleveland Browns head coach. He was a quarterback, though, at Alabama. And someone that has NFL Offensive play calling experience. Again, things didn't go well with the Cleveland Browns, but he has a heritage with Alabama. I guess I would be surprised to see a guy like this on the list. Now, I don't know him that well, but this is the one name I kind of threw to the side like, eh, I don't know if I buy that one. And this is a fascinating name, and it is Greg Roman, who just left the Baltimore Ravens looking for a new opportunity. Now, Greg has made a name for himself in the National Football League. He's been an offensive line assistant with Carolina, tight ends coach with Houston. He was also the quarterback coach for the Texans. He went to the Ravens in 06-07 as an offensive line assistant, then became the offensive coordinator at his high school alma mater in 08, then resurfaced. At Stanford, he faced Notre Dame a couple of times, Roman was the associate head coach of the Stanford Cardinal. That was a football program that had Andrew Luck as the starting quarterback. And Stanford in 2010 went 12-1, and and they averaged nearly 41 points per game. That's the only time Roman has been a college coach, was with Stanford in 09 and 10, because he then went with Harbaugh to the 49ers, his offensive coordinator from 11 through 14, eventually landed in Buffalo as the Bills' offensive coordinator in 15 and 16, then back to the Ravens in 17 and 18, became offensive coordinator of the Ravens 2019 through last year when the two parted ways and Roman is available at this time, known for being 
dependent on the running game. I thought he did an awfully good job in Baltimore this year considering Lamar Jackson was injured for the second half of the year, but the two sides are going their different directions. So Roll Tide Wire, as of about 10 o'clock this morning, listed the top candidates for the Alabama offensive coordinator job. You had some names like Jeff Levy of Oklahoma, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Brady, Freddie Kitchens, and Greg Roman. Now, Tommy Reese's name has popped up, and a few hours later, they wrote a different story that they believe that Notre Dame's Tommy Reese has been offered the Alabama offensive coordinator position. That is the only place that I have seen reported that. Really not many other details at that time. So according to this USA Today Alabama website, they're reporting it was Patrick Kahn that Notre Dame's Tommy Reese has been offered the Alabama coaching position. Again, I have no way of knowing if that is true or not. I'm just telling you what the website is reporting. And that's really all they have on the story. I'm trying to find a follow-up. And let's see here. Let me do this on the fly. According to Football Scoop, so they're referencing Football Scoop. I'm glad I looked this up because I gave the wrong info on the fly here. Football Scoop says Reese has been offered the Alabama offensive coordinator role. Okay. So that's a little more information than we had a couple of moments ago. Again, Football Scoop is reporting that Reese has been offered the Alabama offensive coordinator position. So now, if that report is true, I have no way of confirming that sitting here on the air right now, but if that report is true, then Tommy truly has a decision to make. Does he leave his alma mater? where he's got Sam Hartman as quarterback for this year and a what looks like a really good group of offensive players surrounding Hartman? Or does he go to Alabama, work with Nick Saban? And again, I think his career priorities might be a part of this. If he wants to stay at his alma mater, that's fantastic. Good for him. If he wants to work with Nick Saban, you know, great for him. If he wants to get to the NFL, maybe Alabama's a better position. If you want to be a head coach in college, both positions can get you there. Apparently, he's got some really good options and good for Tommy. Obviously, he's well-respected in the industry to get to this position. Brian Kelly wanted him at LSU. He decided to stay at Notre Dame. We've joked a lot, but hey, Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, former Lions quarterback, he goes out of his way on Twitter to praise Tommy Reese and the job he has done at the University of Notre Dame, so Tommy is well thought of in portions of the football world. We have the Notre Dame fan base. Some think he does a great job. Others feel like he has holes in his coordinator game. Well, I think it says a lot if Nick Saban is interested. My whole thing has been I thought the quarterback recruiting under Tommy should have been better, but now that's changed with Hartman coming in and getting a commitment from C.J. Carr. Hey, that's how you change that narrative in a second. I think he's a good, really good play caller. I think at times there's still a learning curve when it comes to pivoting during a game, but I think he calls a solid, solid game. And for those that are hard on him, 
I, I think you're a little harsh on him. Maybe you are just not a fan of him from his quarterback days. Whatever the case may be, you have your right to your opinion. But I think he's just fine as an offensive coordinator, and you can get to where you want to go with him. But again, I just had my issues with some quarterback recruiting, but hopefully that is beyond us. So there you go. According to Football Scoop, Reese has been offered the Alabama offensive coordinator position. That is their take on the situation. All right, 625 at WSBT. Obviously, we'll have more on this coming up on tomorrow's program. Maybe we will have an end result to this particular story. But right now, I guess everything is in the hands of Irish offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. All right, so we've had a good conversation on this for about 90 minutes. We're going to shift gears in the final 30 minutes. We have some Notre Dame hockey conversation to get to. The Irish in a must-win situation Friday and Saturday at Michigan State for Big Ten seating purposes and for NCAA tournament aspirations. And there is a possibility the Irish will be without their leading scorer, Ryder Ralston. We'll get to that storyline coming up in a couple of moments when South Bend Tribune hockey writer John Finneran joins the program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. But again, Tommy Reese being pursued by Nick Saban to become the Alabama offensive coordinator. 626 at WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to the program. The Mike Gray Radio Show is coming up tonight at 7 o'clock following Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. The Fighting Irish Hockey Team is back in the national rankings. USCHO.com has Notre Dame number 20 this week. I actually have a vote in the poll, and I have not had the Irish in the poll for a couple of weeks. I put them back in at number 18 this week, and they will take on a team I had 19th, the Michigan State Spartans in East Lansing, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, Saturday at 4 o'clock, both games at Munn Ice Arena in East Lansing. You can hear both games on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. I'll have the call starting with the pregame tomorrow night at 6.45. And joining me to talk some Fighting Irish Hockey is longtime Notre Dame hockey writer. He writes for the South Bend Tribune about Jeff Jackson's squad. It is John Finneran and, of course, former co-host of this program when it originally started with Tom Denon. So always great to have John on the program. And, and Finn, let's just kind of start with last weekend, Notre Dame, in order to have home ice for the Big Ten tournament, to have any chance, they really needed to win both games at home against Wisconsin. And they got it done winning Friday, 5-3, to three, and then came back and won a solid game, 3-1 to one, on Saturday. Through my experience around Jeff Jackson and this Irish hockey team, they always get better as the season goes on. And I would say, compared to a lot of years, this is a year they had to make a bigger jump than normal to improve their quality of play, to put themselves in position for postseason access. And, John, I think they've really done that the last couple of weeks. Going back to that Minnesota series, I feel like we've seen improvement in that team. Do you agree? I agree. You know, they've – They've started to take advantage of uh, uh, putting, you know, offensive chances and stuff like that. They're still getting 
you know, they're still getting outshot by uh, by other teams. They've got a good goaltender. I, you know, I I would make a, uh, you know, I would venture to guess, and, and he probably won't make it. But I think the best goaltender in the in the league is Ryan Bischel. He's, you know, look at his percentage, uh, uh, his, his shot, uh, saves percentage of nine twenty eight, which is like fifth in the country, first in the league. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's being asked to hold them in while their offense has been struggling. Well, now the offense has started, uh, started to put the puck in the net. Uh, they've, uh, you know, last weekend or the last two weeks, they've scored, I believe, uh, seven power play goals. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, their, their uh, power play percentage-wise, they're about 18, almost 19% now. So those are things that are, you know, uh, looking good for them as they come into this uh, um, uh, final stretch of six, uh, six games in the next four weeks. So, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, they've got to play two uh, series on the roads this weekend at Michigan State and the final weekend uh, of uh, February at Michigan. And, of course, next weekend they're home against Ohio State and then have the following weekend off. They, you know, these are three ranked teams um, that they have to uh, do business against. And so it's, it's pretty much in their hand. And, again, uh, uh, they've helped themselves lately because they've been putting the puck in the net. Yeah. Well, the one thing right now for the Irish, their margin for error is so slim. Just from the standpoint, John, they're in fourth place right now, which is the final position in the Big Ten standings that gets you home ice for the first round of the Big Ten tournament, which is a best of three. So that's good news. But the problem is you play Michigan State this weekend, and if the Spartans have a good weekend, they could jump the Irish. And also, I think the bigger problem is Michigan who is behind the Irish, but they have two games in hand, and they host the Irish that final regular season series. So it almost feels like, John, as you look big picture, they need to win six points this weekend at Michigan State, and that's asking a lot going on the road, beating a ranked team twice. But knowing that series is looming at Michigan and Ohio State is no pushover, this feels like almost a must-win weekend for the Irish. Well, you know, it's a crazy season in the Big Ten. I mean, if you look at the strengths of schedules of all 61 hockey teams in Division One, uh, the Big Ten, I think uh, all seven of their teams are within the top ten. That's because they're playing each other every week. You know, Ohio State went up to uh, Wisconsin uh, two weekends ago and lost the first night, okay? You wouldn't have thought that. They were maybe the hottest team of the second half so far. And they go up and lose at Wisconsin. They get they get a shutout pitched against them. So it's kind of crazy. But right now, as you said, Notre Dame is in fourth place uh, with uh, 26 points. They're only a point out of uh, behind Ohio State and Penn State, which are tied for second with 27 points. And Notre Dame is two points ahead of Michigan and Michigan State, who are tied for fifth. So those. Those five teams right there are going to, you know, it's, it's too, it's, uh, you know, they're going to be fighting it out to see where everybody stands. And, that, and again, nobody's, I don't think anybody's going to catch Minnesota. Minnesota's been doing what it pretty much wants to against everybody in the league. Hmm. And they're so far ahead now. It's, uh, even if Notre Dame were to win its last six games, they'd only finish with 44 points. And, and Penn State would have, Excuse me, Minnesota would, already has 43, so yeah. and they've got six games left. 
And if they pick up a point, they're going to get – they have the advantage over Notre Dame for having won three games against them. So, you know, realistically, what you, what you want to do is you want to finish as high as you can uh, from second to fourth so that you can get home ice for the best of three series of first, first uh, round of the tournament, Big Ten tournament. As you well know, last year having that extra game helped Notre Dame because they lost the opener against Wisconsin, came back and won the last next two, then went up to Michigan and gave Michigan everything you could handle, lost two to one, and then Michigan goes to Minnesota and wins the Big Ten tournament and gets the automatic bid. So it, there's a lot of crazy things that can happen here in the last couple of uh, weeks of the season. But, again, it all is all contingent on you yeah. winning hockey games. And for Notre Dame to win hockey games, they've got to put the puck in the net. A Notre Dame hockey conversation on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by hockey writer for the South Bend Tribune, John Finneran. All right, let's allow me a second to set up the next question. In Saturday's game, Notre Dame's leading scorer, Ryder Ralston, was hit hard along the boards. It was a high hit, resulting in a penalty against Ohio State. Ralston Yeah, did- and as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the guy who hit him got a five-minute major, uh, LeMaster, and then later in the game got another five-minute major and a misconduct when he clearly should have been yes. uh, gotten the misconduct in the first place. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure why the Big Ten allows a guy just to continue to hit people up high because he did it Friday as well. But let me move on. Now, Ryder did not come back in the game. We didn't see him again. Now, I will say this. At the conclusion of the game, as the Irish were celebrating a victory, Ralston came out into the arena, and you could see that a portion of his body was injured based on a part of his body was wrapped up. So that obviously told me, I'm not a doctor, but he was injured in some capacity. Now, I know you've done some reporting, John. Jeff Jackson did not have media access with the local media this week, so we do not have any update on Ralston from Jeff. But as the Notre Dame hockey broadcaster, I had to reach out to the hockey program to get a statement that I can use during the hockey game Friday and Saturday in regard to Ralston's health. And I was told that Ryder Ralston has an upper body injury and he is listed as day-to-day. With all that being said, Finn, we'll see if he plays anytime soon. My question is this. If Ryder Ralston is at one game, two games, six games, whatever the case may be, how does that affect this Irish hockey team? Well, it affects them big time. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, if uh, my story the other day, after the game was over and after we had the press conference, I'm walking back to the locker room. From the, uh, from the locker room back to, you know, gather my stuff up in a press box. And I ran into Ryder, and, I you know, I looked at him, and I said, hey, Ryder, how are you doing? He said, I got a broken collarbone. I'm going to have a surgery. <laughs> so, you know, if you have a surgery on a broken collarbone, I, I think you're done for the year. Okay? So uh, that's, it's upper body and whatever, okay? But, again, not having Ryder Ralston in there, he's a very key player on the power play. You know he he's he's got he's probably as quick as anybody they have um, um, skating wise, uh, and he he does a good job, uh, you know, um, on the power play. Without him there on the power play, and he wasn't there for the second and third periods, uh, 
you know, uh, Saturday night, and Notre Dame struggled a little bit uh, in that regard. And you know, they'll they'll figure it out and they'll get somebody else in there to replace him. But he's again, uh, you won't totally replace him because of of the individual skills that he has. Yeah. So they're you know it's you know it's the next guy up, and so um, who will that be? And uh, um, you know, I'm I'm not a hockey coach. Uh, you know, somebody else is, and uh, Jeff will get it figured out. He's he's figured out enough stuff during his career. Yeah. Uh, you know, he you know he does have a pretty good record, so you know I'm sure that uh, they'll get it figured out against the Spartans. And by the way, going to Mun Mun Ice Arena, Notre Dame has won its last four games there at Mun. Yeah. Okay. Two last year and two the year before, and the two the year before were shutouts by a young man named Dylan St. Cyr, who uh, will be in the uh, between the pipes for Michigan State this week. So that's a, that's a little interesting thing there for you. No doubt about that. With the transfers across the country, there's a lot of storylines crossing all over the place, and St. Cyr definitely one of those. Well, you can read more about the Irish hockey team, of course, in the South Bend Tribune via John. I know he's covering some high school girls basketball sectional action tonight, so you'll see that, of course, soon in the South Bend Tribune. Well, Finn, thanks for the visit. We will see you back at the Compton, I guess, next week as we get set for Notre Dame and Ohio State. Darren, sounds good. I'll uh, I'll see you next week. Sounds very, very good. That's John Finner and covers the Fighting Irish Hockey Team for the South Bend Tribune. More Sports Beat next on WSBT.